Our priest is a dying man. The dying men, women, youth. And I will preach as though I will never preach again. So God, God has his reasons for why he saves us in stages. Sanctifies us slowly, makes us fill up every day at his pump. Lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's word is truth and your questions matter. I'm your host, Jonathan Romero, and today we're going to go to Colossians chapter 2, and we're going to talk about baptism, beginning with circumcision and what that is. Uh, we're going to be focusing on verses 11 and 12 today. Uh, this is what it says. Uh, I'm going to begin in Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to read from verses 6. And going to go all the way to verse 15. So, this is what it says. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him in faith, through faith, in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by counseling the record of, the, of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Man, there's a lot in there. Uh, but yeah, let's go back to verse 11. So, verse 11, it says, In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. All right. So, what is Paul saying? He's over here talking about circumcision and he's talking about that there's a circumcision that. Uh, was done without hands. Well, first we have to understand what circumcision is, right? We have to understand what point is he trying to make, right? So what is circumcision? Well, to be blunt and to be clear, uh, it's the removal of the male foreskin. So that's what it is. That is circumcision. Now, let's talk about what it means, right? What it represents. After eight days being born, the Jews were commanded to cut the foreskin of eight-day-old male babies. And this was done as a sign of the covenant that was made between God and Abraham, that God will bless Abraham with a nation. God made Abraham a nation, which is 
pretty crazy in itself. Uh, but more, more than that, uh, the promise was going to come through that seed, right? Was going to come through that. So this circumcision of the flesh was a sign of the covenant that was made between God and Abraham. And it was to show that these were God's people, right? How do you know those are God's people? Well, the circumcision of their flesh. To look at it from the other side, every uncircumcised male would be cut off or excluded from the benefits of belonging to this covenant, right? So, let's go to Genesis chapter 17, verse 8. So, Genesis 17, verse 8. So, this is what it says. And I will give to you and your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So, this, this was a mark. This was the... Uh, what it means, right? Let's continue on. Let's read verse 9 of Genesis chapter 17. And it says, And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout the generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Here's verse 11. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And then he continues on talking about he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or, or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money uh, shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. There it is. That's what it is, right? So the, uh, the circumcision is a symbol. It's a sign. And this sign is to represent that covenant that is made between God and Abraham. Now, when Jesus comes into this picture, we see that Jesus is that fulfillment, right? And through Jesus, so this is a better covenant, right? This is one that God has made with man. And man had nothing to do with it. And even with Abraham, Abraham had nothing to do with this covenant. God made it uh, with Abraham. Uh, it's pretty interesting when you uh, read that account in Genesis. Um, and I would encourage you to do that, Uh and look into the circumcision of what it means and what it represents and its connection to Christ, because that's what we're going to get to here. Um, the putting off the body of... So, it says, let, let's go back to verse 11 of chapter 2 in Colossians. It says, in him, right, speaking of Christ, it says, also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. So, uh, the also there could be a, uh, but wait, there's more kind of thing, right? What did we talk about before that, right? We talked about that for in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. And we, us, it says you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. And then he says in him also. So in Christ, we also were circumcised. So we were made God's people, how? It says, and you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. 
So this was a circumcision that was done not by man, right? This is to show that man is not able to be made God's people, right? Through our means, right? There's nothing that we did in order to cause us or to be in Christ or to be part of this circumcision that was made without hands. Um, and it says, by putting off. So this is how, by putting off the body of the flesh. Okay, so what does that mean? What is the putting off of the body of flesh? Well, that is basically to say, putting to death the flesh, right? It, it's the death of the flesh or the death to the flesh. And that's what it's uh, representing because we are no longer alive for us, right? Apart from Christ, um, we lived for ourselves. We stole the glory that was rightfully God's and we tried to um, pride ourselves into a position where I did it, right? Or whenever we feed the poor, whenever we do good works, it's not meant to glorify God. You don't care about God because you're not in Christ. You're not uh, a believer. You do not put, you have not put your trust in Christ. You have not repented from your sins. And instead, you're doing these good works for yourself to make yourself feel better, make yourself look good, right? But here, we're putting that person to death the one who lived for himself. And now we no longer live for ourselves. Instead, we are made alive for God's glory. And that was the purpose of why we were created in the first place, is to glorify God. But here, we are putting off the body of the flesh. And how is that done? Right? So there's a circumcision that was made without hands, and that is done by putting off the body of the flesh. Well, how do you put off the body of the flesh? Well, it says by the circumcision of Christ. So there it is. The circumcision of Christ, that is where it is. That is who did it for us, who has circumcised us, right? We have been made God's people through Christ. And now that we are in Christ, we can look at verse 12 and see exactly a, um, how would you say, it's like putting a magnifying glass on this and making it bigger to see what happened, right? And in verse 12, it says, having been buried with him in baptism. So our identity with Christ is death, right? We are identifying with Christ's death, having been buried with him, with Christ, in baptism. So, what is baptism? Baptism is a word that means submersion or to submerge. So, the old man is dead, and that is a picture of putting to death or considering dead that person, right? So, we have been buried with him in baptism. And then it says, in which you were also raised with him through faith. Again, we look at that and we see baptism is a burial and we are buried with him in that. All that we were and identified with in Adam is dead. In that death, we recognize that we are nothing. And in ourselves, we cannot ever please God. 
that person is being put to death because he is no good. And then also we identify with Christ's resurrection. Look what it says, in which you were also raised with him. So at the same time that you put yourself to death, you were also raised with him through how? How were we raised? Through faith. And it says in the powerful working of God, God is the one who worked through us and gave us this faith to be able to identify with Christ in his death, burial, and his resurrection. Um, if we go to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. So, go to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. So, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. So, this is what it says. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he has, or he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You see, that's what happened. That's what the Lord did. And if you look more closely, who is the one that rose from the dead according to Colossians chapter 2 verse 12? It was God, right? It says, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. So, God rose us alive with him. It says, who raised him from the dead? God rose Christ from the dead and rose us from the dead in our identity, in that raising of Christ from the dead. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, who is the one that rose Christ from the dead? It says, let me reread it. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, there it is. You see, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So, the Holy Spirit is who quickened us and caused us to be made alive in Christ, who gave us the understanding of what Christ did and given us the faith to put in him, right? The faith did not exist apart from Christ. So, the Lord granted us this faith, granted us this repentance, caused us to be made alive, and through that, it's like childbirth, right? The first, the first thing that a baby does when it, uh, the child is born is what? It's cry. Can't help itself. But that's a good sign. The crying of the baby is a good sign because we know that he is breathing or she is breathing. And, and is alive, right? One thing that the doctors dread is when a child is not crying when the baby is born. Because that's a sign that it's not breathing. But the cry is a good thing. So when we are made alive, the cry is a good thing. And what is our cry? Is our faith put in Christ. Lord, forgive me. God, I trust you in what you did for me. You see, we put our faith in Christ and this is our cry to him. But we are already made alive. You see, the process of this regeneration in our faith, they do go hand in hand. But I believe regeneration comes before the faith that we put in Christ. Because we cannot put our faith in Christ if we are not made alive yet. 
It's like the baby being born and not breathing, right? There's no cry. The baby's alive. And how do we know the baby's alive? Well, because of their cry. The new believer, he's alive. How do we know? Well, their faith in Christ. This cry of repentance, turning away from their sin and putting their faith in Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying here. And he's writing and he's giving us this understanding of what it is whenever we were buried with him in baptism in which we were also raised with him through faith. And it says in the powerful working of God. This is something that God did. We didn't do this. And it says powerful working of God. We have no power within ourselves to cause us to be made alive. The Lord did it and praise God that it was him. Because if it was up to us, none of us would be saved. None of us would be made alive. And it says, who raised him from the dead? So again, God rose Christ from the dead. And in, in here in Romans chapter 8 verse 11, we see that the Holy Spirit is identified as the one who rose Christ from the dead. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is God. There's a uh, Trinity bullet for your Trinity gun. We see that the Holy Spirit is also called God in Scripture. Um, but yeah, so, so going back to this, right? How is it that we are raised in Him from the dead? How is that done? Who is made alive? Is it you? Is it not you? Um, sometimes it can be difficult to understand what happened. But look at it spiritually, right? How is it that we can be seated with him in the heavenly places? So think of Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter 1. Speaking about Christ and what he did and also our identity in him and because of our faith in him we are now seated seated with him in the heavenly places how is it that we are seated with him in the heavenly places when we are still here on earth right makes no sense unless we're speaking spiritually and unless we're speaking in a sense that that will be a reality or that is a reality right we look at verse 12 of chapter 2 in Colossians and we see a past tense having been buried. So you've been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him and through faith. So it's all past tense. It's been done. And it says who raised him from the dead. So we identify ourselves in that and we are now raised spiritually. I'm a, I'm a cheat a little bit, and I'm a read from Colossians chapter three. So we're not there yet, but this is uh, this is something to help us, because Paul then addresses about it, addresses it. How how is this right? What happened? Who's made alive? Am I made alive, or is it somebody else? Um, what is it? So Colossians chapter three verse one it says, "If then you have been raised with Christ." Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. And here it is, verse 5. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Then he, and then he starts naming out sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. And these you too once walked when you were living in them. Right? That's the old man. That's the old person that we have now put to death through this baptism. It says, but you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, see, seeing that you have put off the old self with its what practices, it says. That old man, that old person is dead. So how is it that we still do that? And I would just say that's because of disobedience. I would say either you are in Christ and you're disobeying the Lord, or you're not in Christ, therefore you cannot put the old man to death because he's still alive. Or consider that person dead. Because if we have been identified already past tense in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, if we have not identified ourselves in that, then there is no way that the old man is still dead, it's still alive, or the old person, right? When I say man, I mean like being, human being. Going back to Colossians chapter 2, right? So understanding what Paul is saying in chapter 3 is that since we have been raised with Christ, then that old man, that old person is dead. Consider that person dead. It says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Well, spiritually, that person is dead and the new person has been made alive. Right? We are a new creature, scripture says. And if we are a new creature, then how is it that we can still live in a lifestyle of sin? Like, again, notice those things that were mentioned in Colossians chapter 3. Upon those sins is what the wrath of God is abiding. And this is why faith in Christ is vitally important. Because we have to understand what it means now. We go back to the cross. We look at the cross and try to identify what is happening there and why did Jesus do what he did. Well, that's so that we can be made alive in Him. So that we can live, not for ourselves anymore, but we're living for God and for His glory. Because that's why we were created in the first place, is to worship God. With this baptism, spiritual baptism, right? This circumcision that is made, where? Is made in our heart. This is what causes us to now heed the call of the Lord and to want to be holy because God is holy, right? If we are called to be Christ-like, then we have to be like Christ. Look through his word and see what the Lord has called us to be and do. And do it. Not for your salvation, but this is fruit of your salvation. Right? So, Deuteronomy 10.16. Let me just read a few, uh, few verses for you. This is what it says. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. 
Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 4. It says, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord. Remove the foreskin of your hearts, O men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of the evil of your deeds. Acts chapter 7, verse 51. It says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. This is uh, strong language, but we have to understand what is being said there, right? Because we're, we're speaking about the, the circumcision and, and what Christ did for us as, he, as we identify ourselves in this baptism, right? Because baptism is a picture of death, right? Romans chapter 2, verse 29, it says, But a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, speaking of the Holy Spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. So there it is, right? Romans chapter 2, verse 29. What makes a true Jew a true Jew is one who has been circumcised of the heart, of the inside, not outwardly. That's not what makes you God's people. Yeah, it was a representation of what God would later do or come to fulfillment through Christ, because in Christ, thus in the circumcision of Christ, we have put off the old body, right? This was a circumcision made without hands. In Romans 2.29, it says, But a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the letter, right? Not by the law, it's by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who causes us to be circumcised. And through that, it says, His praise is not for man, but from God. Praise God for causing us to be made alive. And this was a, this is a beautiful picture of this covenant that is made between us and God. That through Christ, we can be made alive. So if you don't know Christ, well, search the scriptures. You have his word. If you have a phone, you can download the Bible app. And there's a lot, there's a plethora of Bible ver or Bible translations. Uh, pick a good one. One that is accurate in its uh, meaning as well as the wording. I use the ESV and it's easy for me to understand the ESV. I've, I wouldn't say I grew up with the ESV. I grew up with uh, different translations. Uh, but later I come to find out that the ESV is more word for word. So the ESV is more accurate in its words that has been said or written in the original manuscripts. So I like the ESV and it's really helpful. Um, sometimes a cross-reference between the NLT and the ESV because the NLT is more a uh, phrase for phrase. Um, but I would say 
choose a translation that is good, that is accurate, and just study God's word and learn who Christ is. Be transformed, be made alive. Identify yourselves in this baptism. And how is that done? Well, God calls us to repent. Repent from what? From our unbelief? No. We are called to repent, turn our backs from sin. We are to turn from sin. No longer identify yourself with that old man, that old person, right? Who is earthly, so earthly, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetous, who is an idolater, right? Those things is which the wrath of God abides by. We have to put away anger, malice, slander, obscene talk from mouth, uh, lying, right? Look at the Ten Commandments and turn to want to obey the commands of God. Not for your salvation. Again, that is only achieved through faith. By faith alone in Christ alone. Right? And this is by God's grace alone. And we get that from His scripture alone. And the purpose of all of that is to the glory of God alone. Right? Faith alone is what causes us to be made alive. Right? It says you were also raised with Him through faith in the powerful working of God. So praise God for his word. Praise God for um, just this picture that he's given us through circumcision and what it means to be circumcised of the heart, to understand that it is not us who, ha who does this. We can't do that. It is the Holy Spirit who quickens us, makes us alive, and raises us up with him from the dead. Right, We identify in that spiritual resurrection and we are awaiting our physical resurrection. But praise God for his word and be sanctified by it and grow by it. This is Follow Me to Heaven with Jonathan Romero.